So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's mvmt-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and today I'm coming at you solo to talk about one of the most uh, probably prevalent pains that we hear about. Uh, we've seen a lot of it so far this year, uh, and you know there are a lot of myths surrounding it old practices that people are still preaching um, that we don't necessarily believe is in the best interest of the people that we work with and it is the dreaded low back pain Um, i'm going to tell you a little bit about my story um, some facts around low back pain and hopefully break some of your myths or thinking around back pain and and the general fact that you think you have to deal with it and that it's going to be around always um so low back pain i mean is one of the most prevalent and probably debilitating injuries that people have to deal with you know we've seen or heard of people that have been dealing with it for five years uh someone recently has had it they they couldn't even remember 10 plus years um where it's been consistent the past year and they've just been dealing with it because they think well it's my low back it just happens with age or it's just something that i've always dealt with on and off it's just become more consistent now so i just have to keep dealing with it because that's just what you do right um but really the fact of the matter is a lot of people think that they're the only ones dealing with back pain when the reality is that 80 percent of people at some point of their life are going to experience low back pain And out of those 80%, 90% of people will experience recurring low back pain if they don't take care of it when it initially starts. Uh, It it can stem from a traumatic event, uh, playing a sport, being in the gym, or really something as simple as picking up around the house. Um, Another reason can be that there is no reason. Your back just hurts uh, and you just feel pain. Um, But regardless of how it happens, What you do in the early stages uh, when you do experience that low back pain can really make all of the difference. You know, when I was in school, so so basically I'm going to take you down a walk. So so walk with me back to circa 2010. Okay, I was a I was in college. I was an athletic training student at the time. Um, I had just come back from an inguinal hernia repair. So I had some mesh put in. And that was all good and taken care of. I was out of the gym for two months. You know, I had been pretty active up to that point. Um, I started to notice some issues with uh, squatting, laying on my stomach. So I went in and sure enough, had that hernia. Um, So basically had to stop activity. Uh, Things like, like I said, lifting, basketball. I was was playing a lot of basketball at the time. Um, 
And so I had that repair. And basically what that was, was two months of inactivity. Um, during that time, instead of being proactive and you know dialing in the nutrition to mitigate some of the inflammation or, or just feeling good, I dove headfirst into pizza, candy, and ice cream. <laughs> um, it's, it's when Candyman, uh, the nickname Candyman came into play by my roommates. Uh, it was, it, it was, uh, I enjoyed it at the time, but you know, I felt pretty crappy. Um, anyways, after those two months, I was given the okay for my surgeon to get back into activity and being the naive 21 year old kid that I was, I went straight from that hospital to the gym and rather than warming up, taking my time, you know, doing some things that I would do now, I hopped under a barbell, put some weight on the rack and started to squat. Um, I was warming up, like I said, two months of nothing. I put 135 on the barbell uh, as a warm up, and I did three reps. And on that fourth rep going down, I felt a pop in my low back, dropped the weight, and had numbness, tingling, a warm sensation going down my legs. Uh, and like I said, I was an athletic training student at the time, so I had a pretty good idea of what I did. Uh, so I, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I was in a gym full of people, um, 135 pounds on the bar, and I dropped the weight. I couldn't really stand up straight. I fell to my knees. Um, people were looking at me, and I'm like, you know, pride kicked in. I got to get up. I pulled myself up on the rack, um, took the weight down you know being the good samaritan i am took the weight off the barbell uh put it all back and gingerly walked to my car um at that time i called an athletic uh, a certified athletic trainer uh, at oshkosh said hey i hurt my back i'm coming on in um can you see me sure enough i went in and again i knew what i did we went through some of the testing and sure enough everything pointed to a disc um, a disc injury so, you know, that was towards the weekend. So I laid low uh, the, the first week or so. Things weren't really getting better. It was a lot of, I think we did a lot of like e-stim to try and relax the tissue around the disc, around the vertebrae, um, around my lumbar spine. And it really wasn't doing too much. So I saw our team doc that would come to campus and they ordered an MRI. And that is something that I wouldn't recommend uh, right away. You know, uh, if I could go back and slap the old me, I would do that and say, you know, don't do this. Just let's figure out what's going on, why it happened in the first place and what we can do to um, start building you back up. However, uh, during that time, you know, it, it was get the MRI, do the drugs or do <laughs> take the meds um, and, and just wait it out. So I did get that MRI. Um, I was put on a steroid pack to help with some of the inflammation and some of the pain. And when that MRI came back, it, it did show that I had a disc prolapse. And basically what that is, is your disc is a jelly donut that's basically surrounded by thick fibers and that jelly isn't supposed to come out. So uh, a prolapse is when that jelly does um, get pushed into those thick fibers and actually causes a bulging effect. And that bulge was pushing into the nerve fibers uh, that run down my legs. Hence the numbness, tingling that I was feeling uh, all the way down. And so, you know, when I did this in 2010, at that time, it was the end-all be-all. This was the injury uh, everyone wanted to avoid, probably outside of the ACL tear. Um, 
but this one especially because you wouldn't be able to do this activity or that activity again you know i was told you probably won't be able to go back into the gym and do some of these uh olympic style lifts like deadlift squats and and whatnot um because i was i, I had this disc bulge um and that was tough at first to hear but I will say now I'm 100% back in the gym doing everything I want to do, doing any activity I want to do, doing any sport I want to do without any pain at all. Um, and it's really interesting because at that time, that just wasn't the thought process. It was do some passive treatments to mitigate the pain, see what happens, and just kind of rest, do a little bit of core stuff, and, and uh hopefully that takes care of it if not we might be going down the surgery route and and that's just not something that i ever recommend um this this day and age that's not something that is is really looked on um immediately and and because the current research is actually showing that these discs can heal over time so don't think that this is something if you are dealing with a disc injury don't think that this is something that you will always have to deal with or suffer from you know it, it will be a slow process getting back but i totally feel you um and i empathize with you it's scary you hurt yourself you feel numbness and tingling down the leg it's not normal but it doesn't always have to be that way um and you know even if if you're not dealing with a disc injury your low back just hurts well let's figure it out let's figure out why um something that we see is a lot of people have some low back pain and don't really seek help or stop the activity that they continue or, or that or stop the activities um the painful activities and they continue just to deal with those painful movements those painful activities and they continue to hammer away with it you know whether it's poor movements doing things around the house poor lifting patterns in the gym and sure enough you keep doing those micro traumas you you keep hurting the back without fixing it eventually the the risk is there for a potential disc injury and then what we see is you blame it on that one single instant or that one activity uh that you were doing when you felt all that numbness and tingling happen in the first place when that is very rarely the actual cause it is those micro traumas over time due to those poor movements those poor mechanics that eventually lead to this big event this big injury if you don't take care of that root cause or the actual problem you're never going to get rid of that pain you know in my case when i look back at it and what i've been doing since that time because i've learned a ton from it is it was a combination of poor mid-back mobility so poor thoracic mobility and really poor hip mobility along with a bad hinge pattern you know my I was having some shoulder issues at this time as well. And my thoracic spine, my mid-back was not moving well. Uh, my hips were ridiculously tight. And my hinge pattern was just non-existent. I, everything was going through my low back. Every single movement I was doing, every single lift I was doing was all stressing my low back, which just isn't built for that. You need to move independently from your low back, meaning your hips need to move independently. Your thoracic spine needs to pick up some slack so that your low back can chill. <laughs> you know, basically that lumbar spine is there for support and it needs to chill. Uh, but once I started to 
work on that thing. So if you think what I was doing, I was doing squats, deadlifts, thinking I was doing it all the right way. And like I said, if I could go back and slap my younger self, I would absolutely do it because I was doing things the wrong way. Um, but I continued to learn. I continued to apply this stuff and I still to this day continue to learn about it because more and more people are coming to see us now with low back pain and they've been told by somebody that they have to avoid certain activities or they can't do this again or they can't move. I've literally had somebody tell me that they feel trapped inside of their body because they've gone through two surgeries for a disc bulge and they feel trapped. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can get back into activities. It just takes a little bit of time. So I'm going to go, go through some tips that I, I think are going to be helpful, but they're going to set the process for or start the process for you to finally get rid of that back pain. You don't always have to deal with it. It's not something, pain's not normal anywhere in the body and back pain is no different. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is you have to shift your mindset. This is not something that you have to deal with. It's not something that will always be around. You just have to understand how uh, it, it's impacting your life and you need to focus on, hey, I'm always in pain to what can I do to get out of pain and get my life back? It is 100% kind of owning the pain, thinking maybe I'm not moving well. Maybe I'm not doing this right. Maybe I sit too much during the day and it's putting too much stress on my low back. You know, nowadays people are sitting more often and for longer periods than probably ever. And I think that's a huge cause of low back pain. So you have to shift your mindset, take some ownership and just realize, hey, I don't always have to deal with this. What can I do to take care of it? The second thing is you have to understand how common low back pain is. Like I said, a lot of people think that it's only them that are dealing with it, and that's not true. 80% of people will experience low back pain at some point of their life. And again, 90% 90, 90 of the people aren't going to take care of it because they think it's not bad enough or they just don't want to invest in their health. And they're going to continue to experience that low back pain because they never took care of it at, at the start of it, at the onset. Okay, here's some more numbers for you. I'm a big numbers guy, and I want you to realize just how many people experience something in their low back but just don't either deal with it because they don't they don't have any symptoms with it okay so just because you have the symptoms i hope that this shows you don't always have to have them so there was a research study done in 2015 that looked at just over 1200 people aged 20 to 70 87 percent of those people had a disc bulge but they didn't have symptoms, okay? 87% of people aged 20 to 70 out of 1,200 people had a disc bulge. Another study in 2015 looked at just over 3,000 people um, from 20 to 80, year old, 80, 80 years old. 37% of the 20-year-olds to 96% of the 80-year-olds had disc degeneration. But again, no symptoms okay so what's the point of me telling you this you cannot focus on an mri this is why i'm not a fan of people going right away to get an mri because they see the mri and they focus on it they say i have this problem in my low back it's visual people like visuals what they can't see they don't always 
feel confident in, right? So when they have this visual, when they have this scan, when they have this MRI report, they focus on it. They say, I have a disc bulge. I have a disc herniation. I have a disc degeneration. And this is why I have that pain. I finally have my answer, but there's nothing that can be done about it. So instead of focusing on those stupid, pointless MRI reports or exams, we should transfer our focus to the clinical findings. These people, these studies don't have symptoms. A lot of people with back pain obviously have symptoms, but it doesn't have to be that way. And don't focus on that MRI report. Let's shift from an MRI report to a clinical report. What are we finding in clinic? How do you move? How do you bend? How do your hips work? How does your body move independently? How does your body move as a whole? This is all playing into the bigger picture and working to get you out of pain and get you some real answers. So do not focus on that MRI because it is not the end all be all. And that is why we say, go seek professional help, medical professional help and work with somebody that understands low back pain and how the body should work together to fix the actual cause and not just put band-aids on the symptoms. Don't just take those medications that don't actually fix it, okay? Take ownership and realize that you don't have to deal with that. The MRI is not it. I went on a rant and I was <laughs> I was really trying hard not to, but I'm very passionate about this and I want people to realize the MRI is just that. It's a piece of paper. It doesn't validate anything. It doesn't fix anything. It just tells you something that we will be able to find in clinic anyways. So. The next point I want to say is avoid activities that cause you pain. If you're bending over and you're doing stuff around the house and it bothers you, stop doing it. It's no pain, no gain is a terrible mindset. It's, it's what my parents grew up with. It's kind of fostered its way through the times. And I think we're starting to finally see a shift where that's just not the case. No pain, no gain is not accurate. And only avoid those activities for a certain amount of time. It doesn't have to be a long time as long as you seek that help. You know, when you're picking up around the house or you're lifting in the gym or you're doing this or that activity and you're like, oh yeah, my low back hurts, but that's just the way it is. Maybe you should work on moving better, finding the actual cause and taking care of it so you can stop dealing with that pain and stop avoiding activities that you want to do. So simply identify that there's a problem Something may not be working appropriately and start to fix it. The other point I really want to point out is use breath work. People don't understand the impact of breathing or breathing efficiently. Okay, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but this is an absolute game changer for people that experience low back pain. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there on meditation, on just calming the body down. And so this breath work is not only from a mindfulness and relaxation standpoint where it brings you back down, it calms you down because now you are breathing appropriately, focusing on your breathing, but also from a muscular standpoint as well. I want you to think right now, how are you breathing? Are you breathing through your chest or are you breathing through your stomach? Are you sitting up? Are you sitting uh, or standing up, sitting down, laying down? Where's that breath coming from? If it's coming from the lungs, I want you to take a big deep breath in through your stomach, move it up through your lungs, into the nose, and then exhale through the mouth, okay? That is diaphragmatic breathing or big belly breathing. 
And that diaphragm, what's really interesting and why I like focusing on breath work for low back pain is that diaphragm originates on the inner surface of the bottom uh, six costal cartilage, but also lumbar vertebrae one through three. So you have low back pain, your diaphragm attaches to your lumbar spine, and a lot of people neglect breathing or they don't realize how important it is. So if you aren't breathing correctly, not using the diaphragm, that can 100% impact your low back. So you need to focus on that big belly, purposeful breathing that we just talked about. The fifth thing, and this is something I'm very passionate about and what a lot of people do, is I don't want you to rest. People think my low back hurts, my back went out, you know, I've got this numbness, I got this tingling, or I just have this generalized pain in my low back. I can't do this. I need to lay on the couch. I need to sit. I need, I can't do X, Y, and Z activity. And that's not the case. Think of the joints and what they're surrounded by. They're surrounded by fluid. The fluid lubricates those joints. When you are sitting idle, when you are not moving, when you're at rest, there's no way to pump that fluid around to those joints to lubricate those joints. So what happens? They become creaky. They become like a creaky door hinge. They just stop working. Movement truly is medicine. That's why the first word in our business name is movement. Movement is medicine because it flushes that fluid around. It lubricates those joints. It gets things moving and moving well. So don't rest. You know, think about what activities make you feel better. Can you walk? Does that loosen some things up? Do you feel better after you walk? Um, what positions make you feel better? Sometimes we'll hear the prone press or the cobra helps, you know, hang out in that position and then do more activities or more movements that are very similar to that position. If that alleviates some of your pain, spend more time doing it. Do not just rest and ice. Please do not rest and ice. <laughs> that is not the answer uh, one bit. And then lastly, reach out and get help to a medical professional. The first thing people do is go to Dr. Google, they type in their symptoms and they say, oh, I have a disc, oh my goodness, oh, oh my goodness, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm never going to be able to lift again, I'm never going to be able to bend over without pain again. Um, or they go to YouTube and they find some weak ass exercises that aren't specific to them at all. They just do this, they try them for a few days, maybe a week, they say, oh, that's not helping, I'm SOL. You know, I'm just never going to get better. There's no hope. I'm going to rest. I'm going to ice. I'm going to avoid this and that. Um, I won't be able to do this or that again um, because Dr. Google and YouTube didn't work for you. You know, a I'm putting in a shameless plug for us. We're very good at working with people with low back pain because we understand that you need to look at the hips. You need to look at the back. You need to look at that mid back. You need to look at hell, even the ankle. It's all attached. So you have to attack it that way. You know, some of the things we do is. We, we do a lot of dry needling when uh, back pain is pretty acute or even chronic. It, it, we do dry needling and that seems to work very well, tailored and paired with hands-on manual therapy to get things moving more efficiently. And once we start to see a decrease in the symptoms, a decrease in the pain, we focus on your movement mechanics and it is 100% specific care to you. There's no guess and check. There's no Dr. Google. There's no YouTube. There's no generalized PDF saying, hey, go hop on a bike, do these banded exercise, and we'll see you a couple more times this week, and you're going to do the same stuff. We tear it apart. We look at how you move as a whole, how you move independently, 
We'll do dry needling if you're comfortable with it, if it's warranted, or any other manual therapy techniques that we feel are in your best interest and 100% specific to you. Once the pain is less, you need to follow an individualized plan of care that, again, focuses on you. Are you moving well? Are you bending through your low back or are you actually doing a true hinge pattern? Are you squatting through the glutes or are you squatting through your low back? Do your glutes even fire? Do they fire correctly? Are you bending? Are you trying to overextend through your lumbar spine because your thoracic spine doesn't do it? You see, this all has to be taken into account. And unless you're working with somebody that knows this and understands it, it's just never going to get better. Sitting around waiting for your back pain to go away is never going to happen. It's just not going to help. But again, if it does, it's more than likely going to come back. That 90% isn't a fake number. 90% of people that don't take care of that initial back pain are going to have recurring back pain. So what I want you to realize is you're not alone in your back pain. If you are experiencing it, so are many other people. The MRI is not the end-all be-all. The injections of the surgery may not be needed. I would highly recommend trying everything you can before going for that MRI. See if it helps. Find the actual issue and don't focus on it. Focus on the clinical reporting and not the MRI reporting. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Even if we're not the best fit for you, I am more than happy to work with you and find somebody that would do this for you. Don't normalize pain. Don't normalize back pain. Realize you don't have to live with it and take back your life. If you have any questions, please let me know. And as always, I will talk with you next time. If you would like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com. 